0: Jewish Audio on Chabad.org Chilcho Malva begins by telling us the great mitzvah of lending money to a yid that is in need of a gamach, that is in need of a loan and as the Rambam writes that this is a greater mitzvah than giving, uh, giving money to an ani. An ani is a person who unfortunately already needed to lose but lost his shame of asking. This is a person that doesn't yet have such a loss of shame and we have an obligation to make sure that he doesn't reach that point. The Ramam goes on to say that when the, due, when the debt is due, once it's known that the borrower does not now have money to pay, there is a negative mitzvah for a person to collect money from him because you know that all you will do then is cause him distress, cause him shame, money he doesn't have. And that's not only that we may not verbally collect from him we can't even walk by him be in his presence which that in itself will put him into this very frightening embarrassing very uncomfortable place now obviously this is a mitzvah dafka because we are taught to treat our fellow yid as a brother by the letter of the law you know what's normally when a person owes money you collect the money if they don't have go press them let them go borrow money from someone else. For a yid, we're not allowed to do that. That imam writes that when money is going to be collected, if he does have, he doesn't have ample funds, but he has things. So then those things have to be sold to be used to pay the debt. That imam goes into what may not be collected from. Items that this man, if he's married, already gifted his wife, and you have to look inside the chapter to see that there are many gifts, halachically, that a man gives his wife, but we never view them to be a matana gemura. And actually, if a debt is being called in, and Hitaka doesn't have, and now we have to sell his metaltolin, those metaltolins will also be included in that which will be sold. So you have to look inside to see what could and what could not be collected. That Ambam writes a very important called Misadrin Lebalchoyv. Misadrin Lebalchoyv means is that when this guy who has nothing, we're coming to collect and and we're going to go sell his metaltal and there is a certain amount of things or money that is left for him that's called we allow the debtor consideration which is we leave money for him to have food for 30 days and we leave clothing for him to have for one year. Other than that, everything that he has is going to be sold. Another exception is that if this person is a craftsman, two tools of his craft, if he already owns it, will be left for him, for him to have how to make a living, ultimately not only to live, but then to pay back his debts. Pilchais Malva V'loiva, Shaney, is continuing to speak about scenarios where the debtor, where the loiva doesn't have money to pay back his debt and the Ramam goes into greater detail and that is is that by the Din Torah when this person is claiming this is all I have and we already mentioned in the previous chapter the Din of Misadrin L'Balchayv some of it will be left for the borrower, but almost all of it will, under the direction of Bezdin, be sold to pay back his debt. But all of that is based on his admission of what he has. There is no, by Din obligation on the Bezdin to really go through his things. Maybe he's hiding something. Maybe he has more metatholim to be sold to pay back the debt. All of that is Din However... Right after the Hasim Sat Talmud during the era of what we call the Rabbanan Savurohi, the Imam calls them the Go'inim Rishinim. Being that as of then going forward, there were there are more dishonest people, there are more deceitful people, to the point that we do have a suspicion that maybe this person does own more things that could be used by selling them to the pay back his debt. So they made a rabbinic oath. But you have to appreciate this is not your typical rabbinic oath, rabbinic meaning made by Chazal, which goes up until the end of of the time of the Gemara, but not further. This is an oath that was enacted by the Go'inim Harishoyinim, but therefore it's not as powerful as, we will not be as machmer as we will be when it comes to all of the other rabbinic laws. But let's first explain, what is this oath? This person has to swear, first of all, he'll hold the sefer Torah. In other words, it's a Shavua Hamura. It's a Shavua Ke'ein Shol That other than what he owned up as owning, and therefore again, the Beisden allowed him to keep a certain amount for his food and for his own garments, other than that he doesn't own anything he didn't hide anything in the hands of other people he did not give things that belongs to him to others bimatana in other words it's a very specified oath in which he has to swear that he's not tricking this by hiding that which really should be used to pay back his debt and other details, and then there's a chedem part of it. Now, all of this is a rabbinic oath, and therefore the Raman writes like this, that if the knows that the borrower who has an established reputation of being an honest person, and we know that he's poor, we know he doesn't have. And on the other hand, if the Dayanim know that the creditor believes that he's poor, he doesn't have a doubt whether he's poor or not. He doesn't need for him to swear to know. He simply wants to evoke this rabbinic oath to make him uh, to oppress him to shame him in public to take revenge i mean at the end of the day you owe me the money you're not paying back the money in those scenarios since this only came about from the era of the go'inim, we are more lenient. And Beisden should not make him take that oath for I am many more details inside this chapter. Slishi is all about taking a mashkin, taking collateral. Now, just as an intro, and when we learned the chapter inside, we spoke about it more as of halacha Dalid, There are two moments when a mashkin could be taken. Moment number one is when the loan is being given moment number two is when the loan is being called in and the borrower then is saying I owe you the money but I don't have how many times the lender will say if that's the case at least give me a mashkin and it's important as people look inside the of the the halachas in this chapter to know when all of the rules regarding is what mashkinah are we referring to? Just as an example, the Rambam opens up the chapter by telling us that the, the Pasek and Pashas say that when a person is lending money to a widow, the Rambam Paskins, like we ex, ex, explained in greater detail, the Rambam based on him not paskaning like Rab Shimon Bayer Choy. We, the Rambam paskins, that Tamadikra. The Rambam says that when a person lends money to a widow, whether she's poor, whether she's rich, and also, whether the, the, we're speaking about a mashkin that sometimes is taken when the loan is given, whether the mashkin is to be taken when you're coming to collect it later and they're saying they don't have the money from a, a widow, you may never collect a mashkin, ever. And if you did so, these are lavim, for which normally you're not going to be haif malchus because then you're, you're haif to compensate, to give it back. But if you lost the mashkin that you took, then you'll be haif, then you'll be haif malchus. The ramam speaks another type of mashkin, no matter when. Again, no matter when you're collecting this mashkin, you cannot take a mashkin, an item that is used for food preparation. That may not be taken. And now, Viter, that Imam speaks about many rules about collecting of a mashkin that happens not in the beginning, dafka, but only when the debt is being called in. The loiva is saying, I don't have any money to pay you right now. So here, number one, that Amam paskins. The lender may never forcibly take a mashkin. Even if he's not going into the home of the borrower, like we gave an example, the, the borrower, a is going to the mikvah every day, and you and and you and he leaves. You know his his wallet is there. Your the the lender may never seize something that belongs to him. Just in contrast, that if this person owes money to him because he worked for him, so there's a different type of debt, not because of a loan, but because he worked. He is allowed to see something. But coming back to loans, the baldover himself, the the malva may never seize. Elama, he should collect it through a beisdin. There's also a restriction on the shliach Bezdin that the shliach beisdin may not enter the house of the loiva, but the loiva who brings something out or if he seizes it because it was out anyways, here the shliach beisdin will, will be the one taking a mashkin and even in such a scenario the mashkin that will be taken if the borrower is poor and the mashkin is something that he uses at night lamashal a pillow to sleep on or uh, let's say a yoke during the day to work with it then the the, the lender is chayev to return that mashkin during the hours during the daytime or during the nighttime according to what this mashkin is being used for and finally the ramam speaks about that if you have a adev a guarantor so the creditor went to collect the money the debtor or the doesn't have money he went running to the other the other is also saying i don't have here there's a halacha. here the malva can enter the house of the orav and hop something in the value of the loan in other words that this type of obligation that the guarantor has to a certain degree is even greater than that of the borrower